musical makes me feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down, the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. Welcome to this edition of the Conquer Local Podcast. I'm your host, George Leith. We're taking you around the world today. We're going to go to Milan, Italy. And in just a couple of moments, we're going to speak to the group CEO at Italia Online. Roberto Giacchi is going to be joining us in a for- So that was awful Italian attempted accent. It wasn't even close. But that's a Canadian saying, Roberto Giacchi is coming up next. Our special guest this week on the Conquer Local Podcast. Very excited for today's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. And Roberto is joining us all the way from Milan, I, I take it. Yeah, I'm in Milan. Afternoon. Great. And I am not good at pronouncing Italian names, so I would let you pronounce the name so that I don't butcher it too badly. <laughs> yeah. My name is Roberto, and this is the, the simple part. And then my surname is Jackie. Jockey. See, I would have said Giacci and then I would have made a yeah. mistake. So, and we're not even going to edit that out because people are used to, our listeners are used to George making mistakes and sometimes even making up whole words. Um, but I'll try not to do that today because I'm very excited to get into the content. Uh, Roberto um, and I have uh, been in numerous circles at the same time, although we have never sat and had a glass of wine together. So we're going to have a glass of virtual wine today and uh, discuss some items. And Roberto is the CEO of Italia Online and uh, group CEO. So, you know, first off, Roberto, I'd love to understand the portfolio of companies that you were responsible for and and uh, understand, you know, as we talked uh, when we met earlier, um, how your organization is conquering local. And then we'd like to learn a little bit more about the Italian market. So first off, you know, your your role and, and the organizations that you're responsible for. Yes, as you said, I, I am the CEO of uh, Italian Online Group, uh, as a group, as a whole group, we compete in the digital arena. Uh, and in the digital arena, uh, we actually are involved in different businesses. Uh, we are a publisher. Actually, uh, in Italy, we are the biggest uh, native uh, digital publisher. Uh, then we operate in the small, medium enterprise segment. And uh, towards our customers, we provide web and business solution to develop their online presence and their online business. Then uh, we run uh, several online directories and local marketplaces uh, in different uh, different segments like health services, house services, just to give you an example. And then we recently launched two new businesses. One is the gaming, gaming business, digital gaming. Uh, And the other one is uh, uh, health tech services. So services for companies operating in the health sector. That's what we do. Uh, We do through uh, the Italia online brand. Uh, but of course, uh, mainly for 
especially for the publishing business, uh, uh, we have other uh, brands that we use for all the different segments. And I remember um, a number of years back when I, I had a privilege of doing a, a you know, 20 day tour of your beautiful country. Um, we actually were using some of your sites. I didn't know at the time, but in order to find restaurants or grocery stores or things yeah. like that, as we you know, stayed in our Airbnb and, and traveled around the country. Um, when, when we talk about digital, digital publisher, I think it's important for people to understand. And, and I, and I got this lens from other conquer local podcast alumnus that, that know you and, and do business with you. So Kimberly Lewis, who is the executive director of Cinda, who, you know, and, uh, Pete Ermson from Spotser, who, you know, well, um, were telling me that you were one of the earliest adopters in Europe of uh, a fully, and, and you call it digital native, uh, a fully digital functioning Salesforce. In, in fact, they, they, that's all they offer are digital solutions. You were out in the front of this before you know, numerous other groups were. Yeah, I mean, um, our company is coming from uh, an aggregation of different companies. And uh, the fil rouge of this uh, aggregation was to find synergies within the digital arena. So uh, we are able to, to put together uh, a strong digital presence uh, with a, a strong local presence. And this gives us uh, uh, our unique positioning uh, in Italy and uh, make our business model really different from all the other digital uh, operators in the country. Well, I remember um, seeing a presentation of yours in the past, and, and I actually found it online and, and uh, watched it previous to this episode. And, and that vision that you had to, to service those local customers. One thing I would re be remiss not to ask, um, there is a piece of uh, promotion that we've used over the years. Uh, the Conquer Local podcast is heard in 50 different countries. And in those countries, of course, there's different languages. Um, how, how is Conquer Local pronounced in, in Italian? How is, sorry? How, how would we say conquer local in Italian? Because, you know, you've been conquering local with your organization for quite some time. Conquer local, I mean, it's, uh, it's difficult to translate. It's in, in Italian would be conquistare, like... Uh, oh, I like being, that. <laughs> yeah, it's like being a conqueror. So uh, Conquistar local. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's local is locale. Uh, locale. In, in Italian words, yeah. Well, I, I know that we've had uh, folks from Iceland and we've had folks from uh, Paris and we've had folks from Africa. And uh, this is something that I think we should do. And Colleen, make a note. Let's do this in season four and get get the translation. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's start to understand the business a little bit more, because I know that you're you're laser focused on helping those local businesses. But I think it's important to articulate to our audience that um Italy has faced some significant challenges since COVID. Um, in fact, probably some of the most severe challenges of any market that we've been speaking to. And you and I really dug into this in, in the pre-interview. Um, and, and you told me you're entering your third lockdown. Um, you know, it, it's been a massive challenge, I'm sure. Yes, it has been. Uh, and mainly for the fact that we were the first country outside China to really face this emergency. So we end up one day, I remember uh, it was the end of, of February last year that we discover the first case. Uh, and the, the, the discovery was really by chance. Uh, we were not actually 
active looking for cases because we thought it was impossible to have uh, uh, cases in our country, COVID cases in our country. Then in, in 10 days, uh, the country was completely locked down. We were closing our houses and uh, we, we discovered that the, the number of cases were not, uh, were not single cases, but there were thousands of cases. Mm -hmm. And uh, hospitals uh, hospital start to uh, receive and accept a huge number of people needing for assistance. And so I remember also the surprise of other European countries to see uh, all the people basically stay at home. And, uh, and then, unfortunately, we discovered that that was just the beginning. And, uh, of course, having the, full count, the whole country uh, locked at home, we suffer on our small, medium enterprise business, that is the majority of our revenues. And at the same time, we benefit for our publishing business because the number of people visiting our digital properties actually exploded, but uh, it was not enough to compensate what we were losing to uh, on, on, on the other businesses. So March was a very tough month, but then uh, situations start to improve and uh, actually, uh, April and May uh, were a month in which, uh, due, thanks to also a different uh, consciousness about the, 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 the importance of e-commerce and digital services, there was a rebound on the demand and we were able to recover most of the business that we lost at the very beginning beginning of the pandemia. Can I, um, you know, one of the things that I've found as we've spoken to guests all over the world was we had that period where there's a shock. So number yeah. one, I don't think if we would have said three years ago that uh, we would be able to lock down an entire economy, um, like basically in your house, you're not going anywhere unless you got to go get groceries or go to go to the pharmacy. Um, I, I don't know if I would have believed that. And and yet here we are, we come through the month of March and it really did happen. So I think there's this, what I've heard from other executives is, is there was this shock. And then yeah. we've got a, we've got a sales force and, and how large is your local sales force at Italia online? The folks that go out and deal with those small and medium enterprises. We have 800 people. Uh, spread all over Italy, and uh, they, they basically learn in few weeks a, a different way of doing business, uh, staying at home, connecting by video with customers, and signing contracts uh, in the digital way. So this was a real push to move everything digital. Let's of course. Yeah, please. No, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you know, it's really interesting you said that. And and I, I remember talking to my friend Greg Ryan, who is the uh, chief revenue officer of Thrive Hive, which is now owned by Gannett in the United States. And, and he has a very large sales force like yours. And he said, you know, one of the big challenges was that sales force was used to going face to face to see their customer base. And yet they had the tools. 
You know, they could do a video share, but the, the sales motion really was go out and see the customer. That, that's the relationship that was built. So there was this, he felt there was this period of adoption of the technology. And once, we, once they got through that shock, and realize that there was a, an efficiency there where, you know, you could maybe see more people because everyone was embracing this remote uh, way of selling. Did you see that spike as well? Is that part of what led to the rebound in the month yeah, of April? Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, I think that every one of, of us, uh, if would have been asked uh, how uh, an unthinkable situation like the one that we we are currently living would happen, what would be the consequences? I think that uh, we would have all answered that uh, we would have experienced uh, a, a dramatic decrease of productivity from all the employees within the company, not only from the sales force, but actually we saw that this was not the case. Uh, we were probably better than we thought at that time to manage distance business uh, as we did during this, this whole emergencies. Of course, face-to-face uh, -face meeting are important. We, ca we cannot say that that part of uh, uh, the, 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 the business activity is not useful anymore. It's a key part, but probably the mix between virtual meetings and physical meetings have shaped forever. And the balance that we will have after the emergency will be a balance very much different from what we have would talk at the beginning. Um, I, I wanted to um, ask a couple other questions around that because you are echoing what I've heard in other organizations from executives. Yet, you know, our company is in the software business. And when you look at software companies, you have CEOs standing up saying, we're sending the entire workforce, they can work from anywhere on the planet. But I have said on this broadcast over the last now almost a year, that what we found in our technology company was that the collaboration of a team in a room where they could actually collaborate and stand at the water cooler or have a coffee together or go for lunch together, we found that the the uh, it was fraying at the seams after a period of time. In the beginning, it worked because we had to make it work. But we we get eight nine months down the road, and we and we found that that collaboration was starting to collapse. Like we traded off the capital for a while, and and now yeah. it's starting to come apart. Are you seeing any of that within, uh, especially on the sales side? Because as we all know, sales is a little different than other functions. It, it really is, an it's. It's more of a mental thing as much as it is how you deliver the mail. You got to have a mental state and, and you got to be positive. Are, are you seeing any of that happening on the sales side of the business? Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, we were positively surprised at the beginning from the fact that the productivity uh, didn't go down. But at the same time, uh, being now 12 months uh, in this emergency situation, we have also understood that there is a, a social capital, a relationship capital within an organization that is going to be daily diluted by this distance working that we are doing now. In Italy, we are still 100% remote working. And of course, this is uh, damaging 
our relationship capital within the company. And the relationship capital is as important as, at least as important as the productivity KPI that we measure, because mm-hmm. is the relationship capital that develops, helps to develop innovation, is the relationship capital that uh, is the pillar for the company culture, the company values, the company behaviors. And uh, we see this clearly from uh, the newly hired people that clearly lack all this value that you can find in a person that was used to work previously of the emergence in our company. Well, and one of the things that we've talked about on this very broadcast is having uh, a level of competency to be able to deliver a, a presentation or a client meeting in a virtual environment like this is very similar to sitting across the desk from the customer in their office. But a lot of folks are are treating it as, you know, they're at the beach, a day at the beach. And the, and the level of professionalism seems to have, you know, I, I measure a lot of calls inside our 200 and some odd folks that, that deal with customers. And we've really been working with them to... Um, you, you still have to have that level of professionalism. It still is a business meeting. Now we have some empathy because we're all working from home and the odd time the dog will jump over us or a kid will come into the room and, and we don't have that in the in the room. But have you found that that professionalism um, is something that you really have to reinforce with the teams that are, that are dealing with those customers? Yeah, I mean, it's, this is something that we have uh, to maintain, first of all, and... Uh, as soon as possible to reinforce. Right. Uh, so uh, the plan is as soon as it is possible to come along together uh, with uh, in the offices and to reestablish the relationship that we used to have before. And uh, uh, just to give you uh, a, an example of why this is really mandatory for ourselves is that we are uh, around a 2,000 people company. And in the last 12 months, we have hired about 300 people. Wow. These 300 people are, are really uh, struggling to enter in the company mechanics, to enter the company culture, to enter the company values, to enter the company behaviors, Mm -hmm. especially the people coming out from university. Uh, They are still outsiders within the company. So we really need to group together and to restore our relationship capital. No, that's, you know, I'm, we're living that today. You know, we're, we're in the middle of adding 100 folks on the customer-facing side of the business, not including what we're doing in research and development. And, and definitely feeling that the, the onboarding virtually is a challenge. And it even is a challenge, I will tell you, in tech companies that I speak to that are 100% remote, where the board and the CEO have said we're doing 100% remote, the biggest challenge is always that onboarding and induction of, of that new folks. So we're, you know, we're, all, we're all living that challenge. I, I really want to understand the gaming um, and a, not a pivot, but a new product line for you. Was that something that was on the roadmap and, and did it accelerate because of COVID? Was that something that you put a focus on or is it something you've always been moving towards? With And, and online gaming, we're not talking about playing football online. Uh, we're talking about gambling, I, I, I assume. 
Yes, also, also gambling. This is something that we planned for a while and that we launched just after the beginning of the emergency. Mm. And uh, is a business that uh, is based on uh, three pillars. One is uh, uh, sports betting. Okay. The other one is uh, desktop gaming. Uh, and the third one are uh, hyper casual games provided to the customers through app that we make downloadable on the app store. Okay. And uh, these three, all these three different uh, gaming initiatives uh, have benefit from the fact that people spending more time at home have more digital consumption. No, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's interesting. The parallel that I'm going to draw is on previous broadcasts, we've been speaking about that trusted expert, the person that has the relationship. So Italia Online has a relationship with an audience and a very trusted yeah. brand in the marketplace. And you found an adjacent uh, offering that obviously there was demand for and used your brand to, to bring it to the customer. And we see this more and more where very, very strong brands are able to adapt technology. It's one of the most amazing parts, I believe, of, where, of the time we're living in right now because you're a strong organization, you have resources, and you had a concept. And, and you know, technology, it's not cheap because I know you have to make that payroll to pay the people that built the technology, but it is relatively um, easier today to be able to bring that to market inside an organization and do a new revenue line than before. Um, how long were you in... Um, in the development of this, um, from the moment that it was something that you know came across your mind, you wanted to do how how long to when it got launched? Just so our audience can, I guess what I want our audience to understand is when you go into a new business, um, there always is there there is a period of time. There's some iteration. There's some learnings. I'd love to understand what that roadmap looked like. Yeah, I mean, uh, I uh, I uh, was appointed. Uh, uh, CEO of uh, Italian Line Group two years ago. Uh, and when uh, I arrived, uh, on one side, uh, I recognized that uh, uh, we had uh, a very strong brand, uh, reliable, trustable, and appreciated by our consumer customers, first of all. But uh, on the other side, we were monetizing this brand equity and the audience that we had and we still have only through uh, an advertising business model. Mm -hmm. So we decided one of the first exercises that I did, one of the first activity was to draft a new industrial plan. So... Uh, in that industrial plan was included a strategic shift uh, that uh, uh, declined the objective uh, to monetize our audience, not only through an advertising uh, business model, but also through a transactional business model. So gaming is going in this direction and uh, the other transactional function that we have implemented in our properties are going in that direction. This is 
uh, a strategic direction that we have taken. And this is something that we want to develop to associate traditional advertising revenues with transactional revenues and to diversify the risk because you can uh, have difficulties on the advertising side that can be exploited in the transactional side. Like for example, during an emergency, emergency like the one that we are living in. Right. Well, you know, congratulations on being able to take that existing business and bring new functionality to your audience. And, and at the end of the day, uh, obviously there was a market there um, and, and revenues follow that because you, you, were, uh, you were addressing the demand in the marketplace. Um, I have one, one final piece that I wanted to touch on, and that is one of the things that I've been told, and we didn't talk about this pre, uh, pre-broadcast, so I, I'm going to spring this on you is that your sales uh, organization is quite prolific at having that digital conversation with the local business. And you've been able to, to bring on so many website customers um, across. And, and in fact, I know organizations that talk about, you know, if only we could, we could help our businesses with websites the way Italia Online has done. Um, what, what do you attribute that success in helping those businesses? Because I think there's a lot of customers of yours that are very happy that they have an e-commerce solution in a time that the business is locked down. Yeah, I mean, this is another strategic shift that we did because uh, at the very beginning, uh, we used to have uh, an Italian online academy for training our people. Then we decide to use our Italian Line Academy also to train customers, also to to teach customers how to use digital services. And before the emergency, we used to have these training sections that are free. uh, So customers are invited to attend this section for free, only in presence, so only physical Uh, training section. And we used to count at each section a a number of customers uh, in the range of 8,100 attendees for uh, every event. Then we move, then the emergency started and we were forced to move our training events to online, to webinars. And uh, given the, 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 the fact that you can access easily uh, to a webinar more easily than uh, a live event, and to the fact that the digital awareness throughout our customer base and our potential customers spread during the emergency, we start to count uh, the, the number of attendees in the thousands, not more in the tens of, of, of customers. Right. And then after the, the webinar, our salespeople are able to reconnect with the attendees and to move on, to follow up uh, on a digital platform or with physical visit whenever it's possible. Right. So, so this is a success story that is helping us a lot to travel this difficult time. 
Well, I'll tell you what, you you are a charmer because producer Colleen is, uh, you're speaking to her heart right now because she is our director of our Conquer Local Academy where we have remote <laughs> learners and, and you were doing it ahead of time. So you definitely have a fan across the studio right now that's got a big smile underneath her mask. Um, you know, I've always been impressed with the organization that, that you lead. You've got a great group of folks. I've had a chance to meet some of your folks here over the last month or so on, on other conversations. And congratulations on, you know, they're there. I've met a lot of folks. You you are a true digital innovator and and quite aspire and inspiring to our audience, I'm sure. Um, especially faced with, and I really got I got to put a pin in this. You're on your third lockdown. Um, and that market uh, has been really impacted by it. And to and to still be able to continue to assist those customers is, is something to be said for the, the organization and, and the leadership and the team that, you, that you've assembled. So, uh, you know, all, all the best to you and, and your organization. Really appreciate having you on the broadcast today. And uh, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot and, and you can coach me. Um, thanks for joining us today on the Conquistador Locale podcast. Yes. Thank you, George. It was a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Have a great evening. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. I like Roberto. Great guy, super smart business person, and you can tell that he has a definite strategy and vision for his organization. Let's unpack the deliverables from this episode. Number one, you could tell you don't just start a gaming business overnight. It was in the roadmap, but it was accelerated due to the fact that, you know, he said it in the broadcast, March was one of the worst months that they'd had, and then they had a rebound, but it is these new uh, lines of business. And this is the pivot that business people need to have. And I think that when you look at successful businesses in the world that we live in today, and I think we'll have to even get better at this, agility, and have that head on a swivel where you can look and kind of see down the road and be a bit of an innovator and a visionary and then to move quickly and purposely. And, uh, you know, he came in with this idea of we have all these eyeballs, which actually accelerated. It's interesting, that line of the business, and then come up with a way to uh, capture that demand. So that's the gaming portion of this. Number two, he was speaking about that remote workforce, especially the sales motion. And I think everybody on this broadcast has had moments where you're sitting here going, when do we get to go back where I could just connect with the person on the other end of the Zoom meeting or Google Meet? It, it is a little different. Like It is an art to carry on remote work. And um, we're dealing with people and we're dealing with relationships. Um, you know, the, the solutions and the, the problems that we're trying to solve, really tough to be solved by a robot right now. So, um, you know, they've been dealing with that as well in probably one of the most challenging markets on the planet. Italy has been hit harder than most markets. So a lot of empathy for those folks. And, and you know, what a great place. If you haven't been, uh, I will tell you, it, it truly is a stunning place and amazing people. So then we talked about this idea of learning. And, um, you know, I think that everybody on this broadcast you're probably not listening because of my charm, talent, good looks, any of those kinds of things. You're listening because you know you need to learn. And we're blessed with a team that brings in amazing guests like Roberto. And they had been doing this learning because he was one of the first sales organizations that had went 100% digital. So they started in the publishing business and he still calls himself a publisher, but everything is done online on a number of different portals in various verticals um, in the Italian marketplace. But 
what they are is, you know, these experts, and then you need to educate the business person. So they've got that two-layered approach, the training for their internal teams to stay on top of a world that's moving underneath our feet. And then the training for the client, and they give that away. And I think that that is an interesting model that numerous organizations have tried to do, and it's getting easier, but it it still is effort that needs to be deployed. You need to have some sort of a delivery mechanism. You need to have a platform. Now, with COVID, we're sitting at home, we're locked down, and we got time on our hands. And I think you've been finding yourselves listening to more audiobooks, reading actual books, listening to more podcasts taking online learning courses. I could throw a whole bunch of data at you that actually supports that, that online learning is a thing. It's a massive industry. But what Roberto is saying is what we're hearing from all sorts of organizations that are successfully navigating this new normal. They are bringing online learning in as a way to support their customer base. And at the end of the day, what they get is more sales because they have a more educated buyer that the solution that's being offered will solve a problem that maybe they didn't even know how bad it was. So producer Colleen got really excited when she heard that because, of course, she's our director of the Conquer Local Academy and the Conquer Local Community, which is growing way beyond our wildest dreams. I think some of the early key performance indicators were like, if we could get 500 learners, this would be great. And now it's well over 10,000 learners and it's growing at an astronomical pace. Part of that is content. But number two, it is a demand that is out there in the marketplace where people are thirsting to learn. And you know, as conquerors, that you need to be learning on an ongoing basis or the world's going to pass us by. So it was great to hear those uh, validation points from the group CEO of Italia Online, Roberto Jackie. And I'm going to do this a little bit differently as we wrap things up today on the podcast. I, you know, I think I completely butchered what uh, it is in uh, Italian. So let's let's just go to the expert here. Okay, Google, how do you say conquer local in Italian? In Italian, that's conquer the locale. My name is George Lee. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast with your host George Lee. Executive producers are Brendan King, George Lee, and Colleen McGrath. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Recorded and mixed at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.